A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. Well, a child's happiness is priceless, right? Especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on their birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A a child's happiness is priceless, especially when it comes to their birthday. Absolutely. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. Well, a child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. This has got to be a coincidence, right? There has to be some sort of logical explanation as to why this goes on day after day, in city after city, on station after station. For example, up until just one week ago, the news media was unanimous in its tacit approval and even open celebration of the tactics of the street protest group Antifa, well known for its extreme use of violence, wielded against any they see as holding political opinions that differ from them in the slightest. But then, whoosh! And an attack on a wheelchair-bound elderly veteran, another elderly woman holding the American flag, and finally, the likes of Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, daughter of Zygnu, somehow came out and were condemning not only the wanton bloodlust of the stormtroopers of Antifa, but also the authorities, both the local and state, that have allowed and encouraged this ever-growing threat to metastasize. You might also wonder why almost all U.S. mass media sources could conceal with vague phrases like counter-protesters, anti-Nazis, and my particular favorite, fighting for peace through violence, and similar euphemisms and techniques, the role of this violent and extremist organization for so long, and then, in unison, do a 180-degree turn and become so introspective, similar to when they were all stunned that the American people would not follow their diktats and vote for Hillary Clinton. Well, the explanation to the homogeneity of views is that while there seems to be a plethora of news outlets of varying degrees along the right-left axis, there is in fact very few sources for mass media in the U.S. There are just five gigantic news sources that control 90% of the U.S. mass media, and these five organizations all have direct links to each other and to the political establishment along with the economic and political power elites. Think Bill and Hillary Clinton, Paul Ryan, Nancy Pelosi, George Soros, just to name a few. Those without a sweetheart this Valentine's Day may look to their smartphone or tablet to help direct Cupid's arrow their way, while those with a special someone may look to their mobile device to help them say, I love you. Those with a special someone may look to their mobile device to help them say, I love you. Those with a special someone may look to their mobile device to help them say, I love you. Those with a special someone may look to their mobile device to help them say, I love you. Those with a special someone may look to their mobile device to help them say, I love you. And those with a special someone may look to their mobile device to help them say, I love you. Those with a special someone may look to their mobile device to help them say, I love you. Those with a special someone may use their mobile device to help say, I love you. These five conglomerates are Time Warner, Disney, Murdoch's News Corporation, GE, and Viacom, formerly CBS. 
Their control spans most of the newspapers, magazines, books, radios, and television stations, as well as movie studios and much of the web news content in the United States. And these conglomerates are in large measure responsible for inculcating the social, political, economic, and moral values to both adults and children in the United States. Add to that Google, Facebook, and Apple, along with their control over the material for dissemination and their stranglehold over the Internet's infrastructure and a picture of control, tight control, over the information people consume and how that information shapes their worldview begins to emerge. It wasn't always like this. In the aftermath of the Second World War, 75% of U.S. media was independent, but via mergers, acquisitions, and other processes, media concentration has left just the five conglomerates we see today. And it is critical and should be emphasized that all five major media conglomerates are corporate members of the Council on Foreign Relations. And this organization is a U.S. think tank whose members have been instrumental in formulating U.S. government policies resulting in such things as international sanctions, destabilization efforts, and outright military attacks on foreign nations for the reasons of geostrategic. And for the most part, these countries have not, nor did they ever plan on attacking the U.S., and because of the CFR's large power to shape and influence global affairs, I will be creating an entire video, as said, on the organization in the very near future. What is also of critical note is that the promotion of these foreign adventures by the media conglomerates that belong to the Council has long been key to prepare the American public to accept these policies. The media conglomerates, fellow members on the Council on Foreign Relations, include a large number of large corporations, powerful CEOs, and present and former government officials. Its board of directors are those that have and still do help guide elements in U.S. foreign policy, including within the government and mass-controlled media. And that corporate membership, by the way, is a who's who of the Fortune 500. To put it simply, the CFR is the nexus where corporate media, the political and banking class, and multinationals convene to not only shape U.S. foreign and domestic policy, but also how they will manufacture the needed consent of the populace they mean to rule over. It should also be noted that these media conglomerates are themselves giant corporations and are among the largest companies on the planet. They contribute heavily to both sides of the aisle and have been gifted by successive administrations with greater industry deregulation and permitted ever greater media concentration, which has culminated for the first time with the allowance of all media in a community or a city to be owned by one company. If one really wants to see the direction that both the controlled mainstream media and government policy will take in the near future, look no further than the communiques that are coming out of the CFR. When called upon, the media conglomerates will quote-unquote discover the reality of what's really been going on and think something like Antifa violence and the fascist nature of so-called anti-fascists. Or, in the case of foreign adventures, they will conclude that a foreign leader is a despot who is quote-unquote murdering his own people and needs to be destroyed in the name of freedom. 
You'll hear these platitudes and the need for intervention in the 24-7 cable news cycle, and then a week or two later the same talking points will begin rumbling out of the military and political class. And before you know it, a foreign quote-unquote so-called dictator will be in the crosshairs of the U.S. military. Think previous ally Saddam Hussein and reformed strongman Muammar Gaddafi. And also think of the failed states that have been created by the vacuum that U.S. foreign policy and the removal of these leaders has created. And now think of Bashar al-Assad and his impressive ability to resist American pressure to have him removed and a more friendly Western-backed puppet regime installed. And all of this is orchestrated with a solemn-faced news presenter. Former allies become the new Hitler and freedom fighters become oppressors of women and terrorists. And it's all served up nicely by the corporate-controlled media and increasingly online services such as Google, Facebook, and YouTube. The product has always been you and the ability to manufacture your consent for the aims that are germinated in think tanks, especially at the CFR. The controlled media, as well as a compliant Silicon Valley, help crush any dissent and are used to rein in the plebs and make sure they're squealing USA, USA, USA the next time a global choke point along a key energy route needs to be brought under control. Or the next time they need to build up the narrative that a political candidate likes to, among other things, urinate on prostitutes. Or is a racist, a bigot, that hates X, Y, and Z groups of people. I'm looking at you, CNN. In order for nationalists to be quashed, lest they throw a spanner into the engine of globalism and the emerging deconstruction of the nation-states of the West. This would also be the reason the political and media class is turning on their stormtroopers. The optics of beating wheelchair-bound veterans is a bridge too far, and Antifa has been cut loose and will no longer be protected. So my advice would be to distance yourself from media produced in English-language countries. There is a plethora of English-language media produced in many, many, many countries, from Japan to Pakistan, from Russia to Argentina. Now, of course, there will always be bias in every outlet, but your mind will no longer be manipulated to go along with the narrative continually spun by the Anglo-controlled mainstream media. Thanks for watching. If you liked this video, please consider supporting this channel via Patreon. Also, follow Black Pigeon on the usual social media and check out the website blackpigeonspeaks.com for more interesting information like this.